And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here for today's episode of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, entrepreneurship, Amazon. Um, we're going to have some fun today talking about what is supplier management? Today's guest, Nat Wen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, super nice to have you on the show. I think, uh, can you tell the audience where you are today? I know it's 9 p.m. here. Where are you at? Yeah, it's actually uh, 9 a.m. here. I'm uh, in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Uh, I've just been here for since the beginning of this year, uh, really, because our development team is based out of Vietnam. So, so spending more time with the team here. I love that. Um, you know, we are a Kansas City based company. Um, probably two thirds or more of our team is here, but, uh, you know, we have, uh, many of our team, um, around the globe. So super nice to be talking with you. I hope to make it to Vietnam sooner rather than later. Um, my roommate is half Korean and grew up, um, a third of his life in Seoul and, um, you know, traveled all over Asia. So he's promised me a trip to Vietnam. He has some friends there, so he's promised me a trip. If you're here, let me know. I'll take you a few places for sure. That would be that'd be awesome. I hear some awesome things. Um, before we get into the before we get into your story, one more shout out to today's sponsor for our episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Nat, uh, you know your company is um, selected as a top Minnesota startup. I know you're in Vietnam, but you've been selected as a top Minnesota startup. Um, that's incredible. Uh, before we get into that, like let's back up a little bit. Um, you know, you're, you're in Vietnam now. Like, let's hear a little bit about your story. Uh, where did you get started? Yeah, uh, definitely. That's a great question. So, so you know, we, we, we uh, like, you know, uh, started back in the uh, middle of 2018. Okay. Uh, that's kind of the idea came around. But, but like, if I back up a, a few months before that, actually, I'll go go, more- go a bit back, go a bit further than that, than a few months. <laughs> like, did you always know you are going to be an entrepreneur? Oh, oh, I, I guess I, I did. I did. Um, you know, I always knew I wanted my own my own business. Um, but uh, but for me, it was really important to to make sure that I, I meet all the family requirements first. Uh, so you know, family always wanted to have a safe job. Uh, so so I did my accounting degree. Okay. I did all my you know chartered accountants things and I'm not fully qualified. Um, but uh, eventually, after I got my my family across to live in yeah. Australia, uh, and look like they have already settled in. I decided, look, it's time to take risk and it's time to go and do what, what I feel like, you know, it's been my calling for a while, right? Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, and, and I mean, that opportunity came quite nicely because I was working at National Australia Bank. Um, you know, I was already in their digital product development uh, team for quite a while. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work in their mobile application. Okay. Uh, home deposit, home, home loans, uh, mobile features. Uh, but one great thing about working at large Australian bank, um, and, and some of you guys might be jealous, but... No, I was there and they're like, hey, Nat, you've been doing a good job. Why did you take a year off? Do whatever you want. Come back. Same job, same pay. And I was like, where do I sign this deal? <laughs> Sounds like the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so they just la- they just laid you off for a year or? They, yeah, it's just by like, like your career break, right? 
Okay. Year, Korea break, do whatever you want. Come, uh, you can come back like after a year, and we have the same job for you, same pay. Yeah, forgive me for asking a silly question, but like, did you not have an issue with finances? Like, were you just good to not work for a year at that time? Like, oh, no, no. It's, I mean, like the, the best thing is uh, you can still work for like you know as a contract job for. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. Right? So, so like you know, it's not like you know that you you can't work for anyone. So of course, I had to pick up jobs uh, outside for in order to be able to travel, right? So, so I took the year, you know, did like around the world trip and took on jobs as I kind of move around. Okay. Uh, but really helped me to expand my horizons and really understand what's out there in the world, right? Uh, now, eventually, um, I ended up in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. So, so for me, Vancouver, Canada, where like all right, seems like you know it's a good place to kind of see if I can find other opportunities. Uh, when I landed in Vancouver, you know, continue to look for first like contract job, right? So I was working for a packing management company, um, doing a lot of the data migration project. Okay. Um, so that was a work, but at the same time, I spent my nights, my weekends, uh, going to hackathons. Because uh, for me, I, I really realized like, hey, you know, what's the best way uh, to start this? Because you know, never done this before, right? Mm -hmm. I have no idea what to do, but like hackathon seems like where they breathe a lot of ideas and you meet like-minded people. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's why actually in my second week in Vancouver, uh, I met my co-founder, Lucas. Uh, so, so Lucas, uh, he's uh, my co-founder, he's our CEO, um, and uh, he's a guy with a food uh, industry background. So, okay. so Lucas uh, used to own his own uh, organic food business of uh, exporting organic food out of China to Canada and US. Uh, so yeah, so that's why we met and, you know, we, we didn't know each other before the hackathon and, you know, I still remember we were standing in a circle uh, and, you know, there's like 20 of us and, you know, somehow we, we raised our hands uh, together and, you know, formed the team, right? And yeah. uh, and, and when we formed the team, the first thing is like, you know, what, what idea should we work on? Like, what was the right thing to do? To, to, and, and, you know, I was always open to new things and, and when Lucas was telling me his story uh, and I love to share that uh, with everybody's story because it really resonated with me. Yeah, should, please uh, do. Yeah, so this is basically, um, he, he told me like, Nat, let me tell you something. You know, the consumer today are absolutely different from consumer 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to know not just where their food came from, but they also want to know what happened throughout the entire production process. Yep. There's also a lot of more regulation coming through. Uh, you know, Food Safety Modernization Act has been in the US for a while. More recently, like, you know, the uh, FDA, new food safety era, they're pushing a lot of that. Uh, there's a lot of certification. You already got the normal non-GMO organic. But like, you know, just a couple of months ago, there's a new like upcycle food certification, right? For any recycled food. So, so we can see the trend uh, in terms of documentation needs, in terms of like information need for both consumer and regulators only kind of keep increasing. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, in his experience, when he told me like, whenever there's a buyer and a seller of any food product, the buyer would send an email to the seller with, you know, 30, 40 page document telling the seller to fill it out, attach like, more certification and documents back. And the and the buyer to re review it and, and then approve it. And you can do it for one or two, three interactions. But like when right. it comes to like hundreds, thousands, like you know, nobody's just gonna spend the time to do all of that. And I I found that was super fascinating. Uh, really coming from the financial service industry, I understand the value of digitization and and, and really looking uh, at the food industry. I didn't realize like you know it, that just doesn't exist. Um, and and uh, so, so for us, like you know, uh, I saw the vision. Like it's first like you know get the infrastructure layer together. Uh, but second is like, you know, as we collect this information, we will be able to eventually share it along all the key, uh, you know, food chain players, right? Uh, so anyone that needs access to information shouldn't be digging their personal mailboxes to look for it, right? Like we should be able to give it to you and yep. your fingers. Um, 
And so, yeah, so, so that's how kind of it started. I was like, dude, let's do it. Um, we, we found a team that was followers, um, and uh, we ended up winning that hackathon. Was, uh, okay, was okay, no big deal. Yeah, uh, um, it was a 10K uh, cash prize, 10K Canadian cash prize. How, can I can I ask how old you were at this time? And you just went from accounting. You're like just gonna like figure out to like do programming, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you kind of just skip that transition. I'm like, all of a sudden you're winning a hackathon. Like how did that yeah, happen so, exactly? Yeah, let, let me go back. Yeah, so so yeah, I, I did as I mentioned. I did started in accounting, but but when I was working at the bank, uh, I was already in the digital product development. Okay. So, so you were just learning on the fly at the bank, kind of. Yeah, I was learning on the fly, like you know, managing like tech teams, like you know. Working like I mean, banking infrastructure is so complex, right? Like I mean, Oracle stack, all of that is. Yep. But, but but I've always been a gamer, right? So as a if you go gamers, build your own computers and all that, right? So yep. so like for me, it was exciting to learn all this. It's, it was a lot, but you know, being able to learn on the fly and and actually really work and and that's why I really realized that I fell in love uh, with uh, this product role, right? So, so for me, uh, the it's math. Uh, it's kind of math based, right? Like it's like programming in general is, is kind of math logic based. So um, okay. same thing with e-commerce. Like when I kind of found that I have a gaming background and like grew up with like, I don't, I don't want to say my age, but I was young when I was like, you know, uh, with DOS and Windows 3.1 and Windows 95. And like my dad was oh, showing yeah. me, show me how to build computers. And like, it's helped me in what I do now, even in e-commerce where we sell with search algorithms, um, yeah. search algorithms and databases can be mapped you know, and understood and gamified. Um, so I really do feel like to those moms or dads or whoever's listening out there, like, you know, maybe your kid's playing a lot of games is a good thing. I don't know. I'm sure that sure you have to have balance. But for me, um, you know, my familiarity with computers and the systems and the competition of the puzzles um, was was fun. You know, it was, yeah. it was fun. I, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you ever had a chance to play World of Warcraft. Um, yes, of course. Yeah. But for me, like even now today, my hiring strategy, if I know someone played well, I ask about the rate, rate experience, if they rate lead and all that. And, and I can understand the intricacy of, of like, you know, team composition and you know, doing all of that. It's, it's just amazing uh, the people with that experience. Um, so, so yeah, I know to relate a lot more. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. I've never heard uh, in an interview, like talking to people about games, but maybe it's a great way to go. Yeah, it's it's like the the strategy, the the thinking behind goes behind is is huge. Um, I mean that's why eSport is on the rise, right? Um, yep. I grew up with like uh like Age of Empires and those like uh you know the StarCraft and like uh the the strategy games. Like you know I grew yeah. up I grew up in Africa, and um there was times it sounds kind of crazy, but it was crazy. Um, I was like a I was probably thirteen, and was you know you still had to hard hardwire network computers like there was no like wi-fi and shit like that right so you're hardwiring everything you need a gateway you need some kind of high-end software it's probably a thousand dollars that i'd hacked already to have because i was a kid um you know and i was playing with mercenaries legitimately uh like playing age of empires with like three or four of us they were just like these are expat guys that were nice to me as a teenager and they were like hey can you come help network our computers i'm like sure my dad's like, my dad was like adventurous. He's like, sure, go help them, you know? Like, so I was helping them and I would come over and we'd play like, you know, three or four player, like Age of Empires or Star Starcraft back in the day. Um, and looking back at it, I'm just like, as a kid, the ability to like play a strategy game with like warriors at some level, you know, some of them were pilots, some of them were different positions. They all worked like um, for, for the government there. But um, 
being able to play and strategize with them. And, you know, that's what we can do now when we're online. Uh, it just didn't exist back then, but like playing online and, um, you know, playing against, you got kids against adults. And um, it's crazy what, you know, kind of your brain is doing at that time if you're trying to be good at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have full respect for very competitive players uh, with their RPMs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the micromanagement is huge, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like the, the amount of tasks you're doing at the same time is, is insane. Um, and I didn't really realize that I didn't think of that as a skill until much later in life. Like, I guess as my awareness grew, it was just like, wow, like I really think doing these things like helped me reverse engineer puzzles and strat and problems in my business and, you know, things like that. But okay. I, I feel like we derailed a little bit. I want to get back to it. So you meet your partner, Luke, correct? Yeah, Luke? Yeah. Luke. Uh, Lucas, Lucas. Okay, Lucas, you guys yeah. uh, win. You guys win the hackathon. You get 10k. And yeah, I was in my second week in Vancouver. Can you imagine that? My second week. Okay, so I, I heard like I have a friend here in Kansas City, Joel Goldberg. He tells me that Vancouver has the most beautiful women in the world. Is that why you stopped there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> You're like. He's like, I don't know, I don't know. No, that's just what I heard. He, he's he's a baseball announcer and went there for, for with the Royals, and he always tells me like, because I'm I'm a, I'm a, a Canadian. I'm I'm a dual citizen. I was born in Montreal, so uh, so I you know we we've talked about Canada. I need to go up there with some time when he, when the team's visiting. He said you got to go to Vancouver. Vancouver is where it's at. So, yeah. um, I mean, it was very progressive, right? As you know, like you know. You go on the street, uh, uh, you can kind of feel everything, and it's a super vibrant, um, like city and multicultural. Um, it honestly, because because uh, I spent most of my life in Melbourne, Australia, right? And okay. When I went to Vancouver, it, it felt like home, and it's no different. Um, so so yeah. Okay, so you're there. You it's your second. That wasn't your second hackathon in two weeks, was it? That was no, just. What's, okay. what's my? It's my second hackathon in two weeks, actually. Yeah, I went to one or more before the week. Okay. So, and the second so, one you win. Yeah, well, I mean, before that, I've been, been to plenty in Australia and I didn't win any. So, so it's not like, you know, I've, I've been doing this, like I was working at a bank, but I was still continue to do hackathons in the okay. weekend. Like, so, so I've still been doing all that for a few years now. Uh, and, you know, just, you know, after a lot of time trying, finally, I got to one that I won, right? Um, and, and it was exciting. You know, of course, winning hackathon is one thing, uh, but, but really having a company is a, entirely different thing, right? Like, you know, for me, like, okay, we won. Okay, so what's the next step, right? I mean, uh, we, we're doing a product uh, that is for, you know, food producers. Uh, so we have to go out and find food producers who might say like, hey, this is a cool thing, I want to use it, right? Because without customers, you have no business, as you know, right? <laughs> so, so, so that's why, you know, for me, at that stage, um, you know, everyone was super excited, but for me, it was like, okay, next steps, um, need to find someone who, who, who will believe in this. And, uh, and I didn't know how. I mean, you know, I second week in a new country, had no, 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 nobody. Uh, but, but then I realized, like, hey, let's use meetups. Like, let's go to different like kind mm -hmm. of meetups, and and maybe we'll find someone who might be interested around this. So I went to different ones, and and one of them I went to um, uh, was a. It's funny, it's like a keto group, uh, but they invited like a, a beef producer to that to talk about like you know organic beef and your know, beef production process and things like that. I was like, all right, well, let's just go and you know chat to the speaker afterwards, right? Uh, and uh, and so you know we end up uh, meeting, and you know uh, her name was Barbara, and, and she was super nice, and you know she she understood technology, and she was like, all right, let's try it, let's let's give it give it a try, see how it goes, and and that's kind of how our first pilot started, um, just a couple of weeks after that hackathon. 
uh, kept kept moving there, and uh, and that like you know uh, for me was like hey okay you know looks like there's actually some like real life use case that can be applied, um, and and from that that's uh, that's when I realized that, all right so uh, I mean I continue to work uh, on my contract job full time and all this work still happening in the background um, as as part time right like you know with uh, my team at that point still uh, and Lucas uh, and and sorry one thing one thing I forgot to mention about Lucas but uh, he's amazing. Uh, he's a he's a Brazilian guy, but he's been in Canada for like seven, eight years. Like that. Okay. Uh, so like you know, my first experience working with Brazilians, uh, you know, but but I don't know Lucas and I work like quite well together, and you know have like you know that's how we can work work out. Uh, and and I'll be honest, like Ultrafire wouldn't be today if it was just by myself, mm -hmm. uh, because like doing doing a startup by yourself is tough, right? And uh, and and you really need a strong team around you, and. and you know, Lucas is definitely one of those people that would know, be great to, to have as my co-founder. Well, that's good advice and, um, you know, kind words for your partner. So uh, not all partnerships work out, you know, but I do feel like uh, whether it's a partnership or a team, either way, you need a strong, a strong team around you. Even if you're a solopreneur, um, whether that's your family or your friend group, you're not going to be able to do it if, if you're not surrounded by people that are supporting you. Um, yeah. I truly believe that like there's only so much you can do on your own. You might be able to build something that's paying you, but to build a business that's, you know, scalable and that's, um, you know, going to do big things. I think like you, it's a must to have a great team. Um, okay. So Lucas from Brazil in Canada. Wow. You guys link up um, international team. I love it. Uh, like, you know, a lot of my friends, I'm from Kansas city, but grew up in Africa. A lot of my friends are all international or, or from abroad. Um, there's a connection that I have with people that have just lived abroad. That's just different than, um, you know, people that haven't traveled. So, yeah. uh, your team was your team immediately in Vietnam at that time. Like when, when you were developing that, that project? No, no, that, that, that was all, uh, basically just, uh, you know, the, the hackathon team, right? Okay. Okay. Together, uh, we were working, uh, like, you know, developing like, like Lucas, uh, uh, was also developing. He actually, even though he owned the food business, but he was like, Hey, I, he knew, that he, he saw technology need to be applied. So he went to the coding bootcamp and, you know, really be able to uh, start picking that's up. Crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's uh, very admirable. That's very yeah. admirable. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so, so really like, and, and I'm from a tech background, so I did all the DevOps. So I did all the deployment on AWS and all of that. Right. So like, I also picked that up from YouTube videos, right? <laughs> so, okay. so, so it th doesn't matter for us, like here at Ultra, they said at that stage, you're like, Everyone have to do everything, right? There, there, there's no clear cut. Like you only do tech, you only do sales. Everybody do everything. Yeah. Anything you can do to get things going, because we all at that time working part time. This is like a side project, right? I mean, uh, and and for me, like you know, I, I didn't want to keep taking people's time because you know it, it really important. Like your know, people need to resonate and feel. So so for us, uh, I kept taking the team to do more competition, uh, because like you know, for me, like you know, the first one win is great. That we can work together once, but let's let's repeat this model, right? Let's let's make sure that this team actually works well, and, and we keep going to a different competition. We like one another. Pitch at North Shore from Vancouver Startup Week, uh, won that as well. So gave more validation and I got more contacts, uh, and and just kind of start growing and seeing the momentum the team can actually do it. And as I were said, you, were you like kept? Did you keep doing the same software, or were you guys like developing new projects? It was the same idea. It was the same idea. Because like I want to validate the idea as well. Right? I want okay. to users. I want to make sure like your people resonate with this and you know see that interest um and, and so you know i eventually sound okay you know it's a good time were you guys winning out. money as well uh there were like there were money or were like in kind where like you know there's one pricing for us was like um 
uh, you get like a marketing uh, consultant uh, coming in and figure out your branding and all of that together. Okay. Okay. Um, but but yeah, well, there's some competition about money as well. Like when we got third prize, uh, and I'll get to this one in just a second. Uh, but yeah, but like you know, for, for me, it was like, hey, how how do we figure out a way to to raise money, right? Like like because we from day one, I know I wanted not just a business, I want a fast growing business uh, at this tech base that is exciting, and, and the pathway of raising money has to be there, right? Uh, and and that's gonna for me, it's gonna be a trigger to tell my entire team like, quit your day job, we're doing this full time. Because before that, it's, it's really hard to tell people to do that, right? Yep. So, so for me, right, how do I do that? Then I was like, yeah, okay, it's just like, you know, got to go find places where investors usually congregate or, you know, people who are likely to, to kind of invest would be there. Uh, and, and, and conferences were like the first thing in mind. And, and for me, I was like, all right, let's go to conferences. But like, I mean, conferences tickets are expensive. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. pay tickets. Like, all my money I want to be spending on my product, on my servers. Uh, so I was like, you know what, let's, let's see if anyone looking for speaker spots, panel spots. Cause like, I mean, I've been winning competitions and like, you know, seems like there's a resonation in the story. So, so why, why don't I apply for that? And, and, you know, uh, this one, this hackathon, uh, not this hackathon, this conference in Dallas, uh, back in the, uh, it was October, 2018, the initial ticket price was like 2k. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to pay for that. But then I found that they're looking for speakers. Uh, so, so they're like, all right, uh, you know, we're looking for speakers. Can you send us your white paper? Uh, and then, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see if you, you should speak at our conference. And, and at that point, I did not have a white paper. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I just started. Like, I'm not going to write a white paper. Um, but, but the lucky thing is, that, like, you know, the first round, they're just going to uh, tell me, like, hey, did you just send, send your abstract to start, right? Don't worry about it. I was like, yeah, abstract. I'll write it in. Got it. And, and, and so I wrote the abstract, sent it through. Uh, they read the abstract. They loved it. They're like, "Hey, we love love it, and well, we'd love to have you come and speak." But we ran out of speaker spots, and we only have panelist spot left. And I was like, "Okay, panelist spot. Uh, wait, does that mean I don't have to write the paper?" Uh, and they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I was like, "Great, yeah, I'm coming in." <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's genius. <laughs> and that's how this that kind of works, right? Like you kind of find it. What What was the conference? What was it for? Uh, uh, it was a uh, it was Hedera Hashgraph 2018. Uh, was a blockchain conference. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's a new kind of blockchain tech. Uh, we, we did uh, kind of initially had some some tech uh, in blockchain, and we still have that endpoint to ever if we ever want to go uh, back into that. Uh, but but for now, you know, our, our main core tech is still the AI machine learning uh, that we invest most of our, our functionality on. Uh, but yeah. So you know, when when we when we there, and I, and I also asked for tickets for my team as well. Like I mean, they they had a conference and a hackathon at the same time. So I was like, all right. Everyone gets a ticket. Let's go down there and compete. And and they also had like investor pitch, um, and and all of that. Uh, so so we you know, went down there, competed. Uh, that's when we won third prize. So then we got like you know uh, some cash money, also some like you know uh, uh, tokens uh, like like as you know. So so yeah. Like so, bi- so, like Bitcoin tokens? Uh, no, it was a Hedera token. So like, okay, okay, okay. But still, like I mean, yeah. You know, the value still increased together with Bitcoin anyway. So, you know, it's, it's, it's when we like really um, kind of, for us was like, I was trying to solve the problem because I saw the real life problem, but you know, how, you know, does it matter what me to get to solve that problem? I was happy to kind of figure out, right? Uh, and uh, and so uh, so then when, when we got down there, um, uh, we, I pitched to investors as well. And, you know, uh, luckily we, you know, got one investor uh, that was interested right, right there at that conference uh, who was like, Hey guys, uh, you know, want to invest and you know support you and all of this. And 
but but the thing is like we're all first time founders we've never done this before and and so i was telling the team it's okay you know we like you know he's cool but you know keep doing what we're doing until we sign a term sheet i think right and so you know uh so so like you know we went back to canada and and lucas was looking for a new job and like we all working and then and then on the first day of lucas new job he came in and was like all right guys um you know um we just signed the term sheet and, and lucas is like yep hi everyone thanks for the new laptop but it's also my last day <laughs> it became a story uh that that, that you know uh we, we all quit uh the day we, we signed the term sheet um, i love that that's awesome <laughs> uh yeah so, so, can, so, I, so can, can i ask how much the investment was the first investment yeah the first investment was just a uh, 100k you know, okay for us to 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 kind of really believe that hey we we can uh we have can can get investment and 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 i think like you know the value of the investment uh was not as much as the network of people that we then got introduced to after that right like uh it, it was um you know uh the the other startups are part of that same network uh that we learned from uh startup from all over the world uh from silicon valley from you know uh even like asia areas uh, and and the mentors that we met after that as well um uh, that that really less uh, like hear the experience to learn for ourselves and, and know what's the right thing to do uh, in, in this kind of environment, right? Yeah. So yeah, so, so that was key. And, uh, uh, and, but, but having said that though, like, you know, it, like Ultrafizer company didn't really fully take off um, until we eventually, uh, as we continue to develop that uh, first product um, and when that one hackathon, uh, we, we actually uh, continue to see different markets and, and we knew that we wanted to be in the US. Okay. We knew we wanted to be like agricultural food, US is the biggest kind of uh, uh, economy for that. And, and in terms of like, you know, regulation is also huge, right? So we want to, we knew we want to be in US. So, so we continue to apply for accelerators in the US. And, uh, and, and for us, uh, we actually eventually got into Techstars. I'm not sure if you're okay. familiar with I'm very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So we got into Techstars Farm to Fall for us. Um, so that was middle of 2019. So, you know, at that point, we're like, yeah, everyone moved to, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, that's where we. Damn! Started. Everyone moves. Everyone packs up their shit, closes their leases. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's just the founders, right? Like it's just the founders. Uh, okay. Because the, the rest of the team, uh, in terms of developers, we we have developers in Vietnam, but you know, they, like you know, that has always been from day one. Because I speak fluent Vietnamese, I'm Vietnamese uh, myself. Um, so so like you know, I, I knew that you know I, I can uh, get the strong team here and and be able to build that up and, and support our operations. Did you have like a relationship? Did Lucas have a relationship? Did like, did you just leave it behind? Was it temporary? Like, that's the real shit that we want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really good question. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, like, uh, I guess, uh, I, I mean, for, for me, it's, it was definitely a lot more complicated and, you know, getting this is going to be tough. But, but for Lucas, he, he was in a long term relationship. Um, okay. He, he was in a long term relationship. And, uh, um, and I, I also like, Hopefully you have a chance to talk to him one day and he definitely will, will tell you. Uh, but it was a difficult time for both of us. Uh, I think, you know, with, with what I can tell you, we're definitely not in the same relationship status as we were when we first started. Yep. <laughs> there we are now. <laughs> so. That's, that's <laughs> what I assumed. Uh, you know, I, um, I've been an entrepreneur for a minute and I, I've learned a lot of lessons, you know, so I knew some of that had to be there. And that's the stuff that doesn't get told, you know. Um, you, sometimes you, to chase your shit, to chase your dreams, you have to make some really hard decisions, you know, yeah. um, and ones that will change your life forever. And you just have to 
you have to know what you want with absolute focus or, you know, you're not going to be successful. Um, so, I mean, I just think, I just think that's big. I think that's big. So, um, you guys make the move, the founders make the move. Um, and you know, one thing I've been thinking about the whole time is as someone that's worked in the e-commerce space and like we sell on Amazon Canada, we're in, we're in 11 different Amazon, um, markets. So, you know, Japan, uh, UK, Germany, France, Canada, Mexico, like, you, you know, you name it. Um, regulation in Canada is strict. So, um, you know, having some background, in my opinion, like navigating Canadian, like food regulation, um, is more difficult than even the U S yeah. I don't know if things got easier when you went to St. Paul and started developing the software for there, but like, from what I know, it seems to be quite a bit easier here. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, Lucas can tell you all about this. He had terrible time getting his import export licenses across with the government agencies right there and all of that. And, and for us though, like, you know, that's a problem that we, we do want to address eventually, but, but right now, when, when we're working, we, we actually build Ultrafy up as a tool to, to kind of just help people do what they already have to do a lot faster and a lot easier, right? So, so we, 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 we understand regulation, but, you know, each company likes to handle regulation in different ways. And for us, how do we build Ultrafy tool in terms of being flexible enough so that each country can, the users can, can cater the tool to, to handle their own things, right? So, okay, so we, that's, that's what I was curious about, I guess, a little bit of the functionality and just like changing from Canada to the US, like if yeah. that changed a lot of the ways you had built the software or not, but it seems like not. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, like the, the, the funny thing is, it, is like any startup, you know, we always go through a pivot, right? Uh, uh, and, and, and the pivot went when we went through the Techstars program, right? Okay. The Techstars program, uh, we, we really, uh, you know, uh, had the opportunity to talk to a lot of major food manufacturers in the Midwest. So we were talking to people from Cargill, from Trans, from Analex, uh, Sanopta, General Mills, and all those, right? And, and we really then shift our focus to, to realize that, hey, actually, the middle of the supply chain, those food manufacturers uh, have the most uh, pain points, right? Like they, they have the biggest issues because our initial product was working with a beef producer, but it was like a fully integrated supply chain. Yeah. So the product was working well for the fully integrated supply chain. But, but then we realized like, hey, that doesn't, uh, it's not a good reflection of the entire world. Like if we, we, there's not that many food production or any manufacturing production that is fully integrated, right? There's always going to be players going to go in between. Uh, and, and when we realized that, like, all right, actually, we need to change our product to, to really about like helping buyer and seller to communicate a lot better, right? Uh, and, and, you know, really focus on the middle of the supply chain where, you know, a, 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 a manufacturer might have like, you know, hundreds, uh, if not thousands uh, of uh, suppliers that they have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where we pivot product. So, so actually, uh, we scrap that entire product we sun sunset the the old product that we used to use for the full integrated supply chain and, and also the, the the product that had won the the hackathons yeah. right that's right that's right like so the, was that a big move like i mean like trashing that in, in a sense like a lot of stress right like this is the thing that's had you win at least three hackathons um and you're going to start completely over yeah uh it was and and the thing is like uh, and we wouldn't have been able to make that move if, like, you know, when we went through a tech staff program, the first three weeks, we spoke to a hundred mentors. So you can imagine the amount of conversation I, I went through in that short amount of time to, and the amount of data we had to process. Um, and, and, but, you know, it was great because it helped us, you know, a decision could have taken like six months could have was done in three weeks, essentially, right? Because mm -hmm. 
because like for us, it's all about like how do we collect data quite quickly, synthesize this, and go down and make a decision for the business, right? And it was tough. I'm not, you know, seeing the data part, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I have to make this call and, you know, forget about the baby that I've been working on for over a year now, right? So in middle of 2018 to middle of 2019. Was the, was the, was the beef company using the software at the time? Yeah, so, so they definitely were interested, but they're still early at the, at the early stage, right? We're still testing out a few things uh, and, and they still want to use it. Uh, but, you know, uh, for us, we, we had to have a conversation, right? We had a conversation, hey, Barrow, we, we unfortunately can't support this anymore. Um, uh, and, and so we, we have to kind of find a new direction for our company because uh, otherwise, even if we try to support you, like we, we don't see the potential growth that we would, would can potentially mm-hmm. get to be a sustainable business, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, what you want to do as a tech is eventually build it into a sustainable business where we can yep. see the uh, revenue coming in and, and your, the value you drive for your customer has to be proportionally higher, right? Um, and, and that's the key um, for any business to operate. So so for us, we, we just found like, you know, uh, the cost of operation was, was very high than the value we can actually drive for, for the beef business initially we were working with. Well, it's obviously a good decision knowing that you're like ranked one of the top, you know, uh, St. Paul startups or Minnesota startups. So obviously it worked out. Um, before yeah. we go into that part of the story, I just want to give one more shout out to today's sponsor for our episode, Full Scale. Um, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. We talked about Nat's team being in Vietnam. Um, the Full Scale team is, I believe, uh, based out of the Philippines. Um, if you're looking to scale a software team, um, there's no there's no one else better in the game. They're fantastic. Um Check them out, fullscale.io. Nat, back to you. Um, you know, we're talking about trashing the software, having the conversation with with the um, the beef manufacturer. You're at TechStars in Minneapolis, three weeks in. You've talked to 100 mentors. Um, what's going through your mind? Yeah. So, so at that point, it was like, you know, no product. How I go back to square one as just uh, when I just finished the hackathon, right? Uh, what what can I do? What 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 is the right thing to do here? And and for us, it's like all right. Now we can identify and narrow down the pain point. Uh, sits with specifically the quality assurance professional, uh, at different food manufacturers. So you know, it became my mission. Like, what can I do to make the life of quality assurance professionals easier? Right? Like you know, at the end of the day, the product have to make these people's life easier. Have to help them in their everyday job, and you know, then at the same time, we'll be collecting the right information to then eventually share. Uh, with the kind of food traceability kind of vision, right? But okay. but like, you know, food traceability, everyone talks about it. It's a big thing. But like for me, I, I really broke it down to first need to make sure that we no longer using emails and Excels to manage all of this before we can actually achieve that, right? Because because like you know you can achieve food traceability on a small scale uh, manually, but like on a large scale, when when the vision we see ultra fire to be, uh, we have to do it uh, through automatic means, right? To to like automation. So so then. All right, then we kept talking to different quality assurance professionals, you know, really understanding their processes, their pain points, you know, uh, rank them, you know, ask them to rank things and, and really, and, and, and we created a clickable prototype, right? Like, I mean, that's the first thing you want to do. Like, you know, okay, this is a whole new product. Here's where you click. Here's what you see when you click. And, and we took that back to them and like, hey, you know, if I build this product, is that something you're going to use? Um, and, you know, fortunately, uh, one of this uh, lady we're working with, uh, uh, Crystal from uh, Cargill, you know, Cargill Protein Division, she was amazing, uh, really, really kind of shared with us her background. And uh, we actually went to visit her. She's, she's in Wichita. So, you okay, know, that's close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Lucas and I actually drove from St. Paul across from to Kansas and to Wichita, like that entire road trip 
That's a good trip. Uh, and yeah, Lucas drove the whole time. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so went down and, and, you know, uh, really be able to kind of see the needs and, uh, Crystal, uh, was like happy to help, uh, to sign a letter of intent between us and Kavi to say that, Hey, if, if you guys build this, we're going to pilot with you using this product. And, and that was huge for us. I mean, like, you know, we got to St. Paul in July, middle of July, August, we pivot, uh, Two months later, we uh, we got a prototype and got a letter of intent signed, like one of the largest food manufacturers in the world. Yeah. Uh, right? like, uh, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. That's the power <laughs> of Techstars in a way, right? Like... <laughs> it's just the power of Techstars. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, right away, put the team together in Vietnam. Uh, you know, the, the initial team I had kind of had to stop because that's all product, you know, we kind of changed a lot. So, you know, put, up, put together a full-time team in Vietnam now. Uh, and, and start coding the product together. And we were able to release the first beta version of it in February, right? That's so four months later. So, so just like, you know, uh, for us from day one has been like the speed uh, is really important. I continue yep. to hope because uh, none of us had the policy assurance background. Um, and so, so for me, from day one, I know like the only way to build a good product is to get it into the hands of policy professionals who are using it every day and talk to them and get feedback and, and constant feedback and, and keep reiterating and, and keep building it, right? Uh, uh, and, and so that's why, you know, uh, that's what I did. I was like, yeah, got out in February, started a pilot with Kavio in, 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 in March, essentially, protein division, right? Um, and, and then, uh, and, you know, that was just great to kind of get it in the user's hands. And, but we didn't stop there, right? I mean, that's one company. Uh, uh, we will continue to keep, keep going and work with uh, other companies. So, you know, another company that we uh, ran a pilot with was uh, Camps. Um, okay. Um, they uh, they also uh, you know a dairy manufacturer so so for us that's where we realized that hey from day one we proved that when I build, we built this product we wanted to work across different product type different jurisdiction doesn't matter because you got one protein beef pork poultry and then the other one you got like ice cream dairy product right what are the different. things that will come up that's different right like what are the yeah. hiccups yeah and 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 then like they were able to use the same platform right uh, which which was great like that's like okay cool we've proven that. Doesn't matter what your product type is, as long as you manufacture it, like you know, you'll be able to use UltraFi. It's right. it's. Uh, I'm gonna stop you just for a second because, um, from my own experience in my own model, like um, I've been helping brands on Amazon, right? And um, we've worked. I've worked with over 300 brands since I started, and, it, and that was a big part of my the methodology that we've developed in, in regards to managing brands has been trial and error. And just like, I need to work with brands. I've launched supplement brands. I've launched food brands. I've launched clothing brands. I've launched car part brands. I've launched sex toys. I've launched anything you can think of, like legitimately um, 300 different product types for the most part. And um, it's just developed over time. And it's like, what worked with this brand? Why didn't it work with this brand? And then, you know, for Amazon, I think it's a lot different than a lot of other marketplaces in that, you know, as far as marketing companies go, usually they have a niche. And so, you know, if they're a marketing or an advertising agency, they like, they work with beauty or cosmetics or they work with, um, you know, uh, apparel or they work with consumables, right? Or, and, and that's their world, that's, their, that's everyone they know. They know how to sell food. That's their thing. Um, and I think that Amazon kind of changed that. Like for me, it's been, I don't really need to know, I need to know how to storytell and I need to know Amazon, but I don't need to know everything about skincare or beauty or how that entire market works. Like I understand the Amazon algorithm. And so uh, yeah. when we started realizing that our methodology would apply to any type of product that we were selling, um, 
that was when the light bulb really went off off as like this is a repeatable thing um and sure you still need the branding and the, and the storytelling and a quality product to be successful but um if you do these things on this platform you will be successful i don't have to be a marketing genius for every brand that we touch um that was a big that was a big moment for us so yeah. just relating that to when you worked with the second one or the third one where you're like this is a completely different product and it's working um is that where you guys were really building confidence kind of in in what you guys were doing that's right that's right and and uh, and for us uh, that that was like really helped us to uh, to say like okay we're on the right track let's let's keep doing what we're doing right like and and as a, as any entrepreneur you you continue to need to see validation through your journey right yeah like, I mean, uh, you, you can't keep going if you don't see these validations uh, uh, and, and so you know, for us you you set your mind you know, Lucas and I set our milestones right like you know we need to achieve this within this period of time and you know this is where we, the results we want to see you know additional clients additional product development like more capable expansion right and and if we don't hit that then the question why is it not happening is it you know it is we're doing something wrong or you know it's just not the right thing right because because like you know from, from after that first pivot that, that i like once you go to a pivot you you really see the power yeah of, like always on the lookout if you need to pivot again yep yep <laughs> Yeah, and, and so that always keeps us on our toes. Uh, as you want options. I think that's like, you know, to just talk about that pivot is like, it's a, I think I have a post on Instagram where I just kind of like laid it out there. I was I was word vomiting, but I just talk about the art of the pivot. And, um, you know, you can be way less talented or you can be, um, you know, way less backed or supported. But if you're really good at the pivot and you set yourself up to be able to pivot by not putting yourself in a corner, um, you know, like I own a property management company as well, an Airbnb company. And with all of our Airbnbs, um, if something's to happen, like a neighbor goes crazy or the city changes the laws or any number of things happen, we can easily pivot into just a traditional rental because we've only gotten ourselves in situations where that makes sense. Yeah. Right. That's, that's just like an easy example. But once you understand kind of how much like, I guess, growth you can get with a good pivot, uh in the right direction you know like all the businesses that pivoted for me during the pandemic it was exciting here in kansas city in some ways to see the businesses that truly had entrepreneurs still running them um that and see those entrepreneurs like adapt and pivot and come up with new solutions and new ways to like stay in business i felt kind of like uh invigorated by that like i was like kind of just watching all these businesses come up with genius ideas or change their manufacturing from alcohol to you know, sanitizer or different things like that. And just be like, you know, that's, that's, that's genius. Um, the pivot. I love it. Like it's one of my favorite topics just because I think that if you get regardless, if you're a startup or a hundred year old business, like if you get just too stuck and you can't think of alternate ways to, to stay in business, it's just a matter of time until, you know, until you're done. So, that's right. yeah. <laughs> so, so you learn the pivot early and you're like, okay, now I'm trying to always have uh, something in my back pocket. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, well, you know, and and for us, like you know, uh, really going deep uh, in, into continue developing our product, right? Like you know, so so for us, like you know, getting the initial um, kind of work from the quality assurance professional is is only step one, right? Like I mean, uh, the core of our product is still gonna be uh, all our investment, all the work that we've done into you know AI machine learning, and more specifically our optical character recognition uh, and our natural language processing, where. You know, if, if you imagine all, like you work in e-commerce, you know that, you know, when, when they interact, it's usually email with PDFs. There's a lot of PDFs out there, you know, audit reports or whatever to, to show to, as proof, right? 
and and we will not never be able to read the industry of those because that's just the way people are so used to uh, to, uh, to to be able to interact with each other. Uh, but that means that if there's a document, somebody has to read it, right? If you think about it, like in, in the food industry, there's a lot of different certification, like organic non-GMO, and one product can have five, ten different certifications, and each of them expire at a different time in the year, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. manually managing it over thousands of product lines. How do you do that? And, and for us, that's where we can invest a lot into like really a capability where we automatically extracting the expiration date and automatically, you know, setting out those reminders to the suppliers like, hey, please update your certification so that the business and manufacturer can always be compliant. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, the, the topic, right? What is supply management? Supply management in this case is make sure they always meet the compliance standards because the regulations are only increasing. Uh, and how do we do that a lot more efficiently and more, a lot more, lot more effectively uh, and with, without having to waste uh, amazing talent? Because what we see is like most of these food producers or I think even other manufacturers uh, initially, when the regulation wasn't around, they just didn't have this role, right? And then suddenly, regula regulations start coming up. They have to pull, like, you know, food scientists or, like, you know, amazing people who would be doing some other things with the product uh, to do this compliance work. Because, like, you know, no one else, like, you know, there's no university that will teach, like, you know, supply management and document management, right? So, so you, so you pull all great talent. And, and for us, it's like, how do we reduce the manual work that these talents are doing so that they can focus more on the core product that they're working on for the company? And, you know, from our pilots, we already saw like, you know, 40% efficiency gain based on some of our existing functionality, which is just amazing to see like, the amount of time uh, reduced that they need to worry about things. Uh, then, you know, we also see uh, the potential as we continue to develop, like one more thing that we have on the horizon uh, is our natural language processing. So, okay. you know, so far, so far we've been talking a lot about like, you know, the, 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 the buyers need to get a lot of information from the suppliers, right? But you think about it, suppliers sell to so many customers. Yep. And imagine if every single customer had to send a different form that you had to fill out. The thing about the effort that you have to go through to do that, right? And, and for us, like, you know, we're leveraging the natural language processing to understand the intent of different questions being asked by different uh, uh, buyers and help the suppliers to pre-populate. And they only need to check that we did it correctly. And that's, in turn, they will train our algorithm to be even better as well, right? So, so, so then for us, that's where we really see uh, the, the, the value. It's not just for one side, but the, the entire food chain as a whole. And, and, and that's where the ultrafine network effect really comes into play strongly because once you've got like, you know, a, a buyer, all their suppliers are using it, the suppliers start working with their customers, then one day they'll be like, oh, actually, I want to manage my own suppliers the same way. So, so you go to another step of that food chain or any other supply chain, right? I mean, right now we focus on food chain because we really strongly believe in that's the most necessary thing that to be working on first. And so as we go to different steps of that food chain, we eventually go to the very beginning, right? And also on the outside, we go to the end. And, and that's where, you know, the vision of that achieving that, you know, food traceability, food safety, uh, you know, Ultrafi uh, vision is to become the source of truth for all the food safety, food history information. I love that. Uh, and, and that's how we're going to achieve it. Um, and, and, and then, you know, the story at that point won't be just about, you know, operational efficiency. Uh, the story is going to be about, like, you know, the, what is the biggest thing uh, that can kill any food manufacturing business, right? Like a, a food getting scarcity. sanctions or something, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So, so, but like, how do you prevent that from happening if you don't know what's going on with your supply chain and you know, all the data is all over the place, right? You just can cross your fingers and hopefully no one do anything wrong. But right. You have access to that data and, and you can kind of do a lot more scrutinies and, and be able to do a lot more safeguarding to protect your business, right? So, no, so, I, yeah. I love that, Nat. Um, I, I think we could keep going on all night, but I, I have to wrap us up close to the 50 minute mark. Um, 
tell me tell tell you know our listeners where they can find more information about your company you know if we have um anyone that this type of software would be a great fit for um are you on linkedin you know what's your website address i'll have it in the show notes but just for anyone listening in the car can you share some of that information yeah absolutely so so i'm on linkedin you can find me in that uh i think there's going to be a lot that going around uh so, so so maybe link is a bit hard but like yo, you can email me nat at ultrafy.com so nhat at otrafy.com uh our, our website uh, ultrafy.com is always accessible you can request a demo you know the the uh, companies that we're looking for right now and that working work, uh, can find working really well are you know any food manufacturers uh, that you know have to manage over like 50 or 100 suppliers uh, in the portfolio because like if you only have five like we don't recommend you use the software just yet but if you're seeing yourself growing and really fast mm-hmm. and get contact and totally reach out we'd love to set up a demo uh, have a chat uh, with you guys and see if we can help your operations because you know for us we, we care about how, how you work and, and if we see that we cannot help then you know we probably won't, won't be able to help and we'll let you know that's the honesty right so uh, but if we think that we can, then we'll show you how we think and you can make a decision if we, we should be able to help with your operations. So, yeah, uh, that's that's us. And, you know, there's a lot of case studies on our website. We, we did a case study with camps. Uh, feel free to have a, have a look uh, at the website and our case studies there and see how they use Ultrafy to improve their operations. I love it. It's super innovative. Nat, your story is incredible. I know you're just getting started. Uh, if you started in 2018, you're three years in. So um, can't wait to see what you're doing and follow your story. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Once again, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Uh, thank you, hustlers. We'll see you next time. Nat, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Andrew. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.